Doc, check me out. I got a fat voice. La pica song, cynic. You know what I'm saying? How we say in Spanish, sometimes that itch just takes over, baby. You dig? What is it called if you're scared of yourself? Is that a thing? Self phobia, duh. So angry. that we're back nice clear and crisp this time we figured it out man we figured it out we are back thank uh, all the listeners for holding tight one thing you you may not know about us guys we are a stickler for giving you a quality mm-hmm. and uh, we wanted to sound good we wanted to be seamless we want to be easy on the ears so it was hard for both me and cynic to post what we posted not because of the content but because of the quality of it last week but like we both said we almost lost it, and it was better than than having you guys miss a week. So thanks for for your understanding. But we are back in crispy, clear heaven, and it's amazing, Cynic. It's amazing. That was so weird because when I uh, when I gave it a crack and tried to see what was going on, um, I started to get the same weirdness on my side. Uh, from, it's like it's contagious, yeah, like Corona. Maybe maybe it's a virus. <laughs> Speaking of virus, um, have you heard, Cynic, that the president of the United States, POTUS, as they call him, has a coronavirus? POTUS and FLOTUS. Yeah, I heard. I got the push notification on my phone, like the ping or whatever. I think it was, I mean, I don't remember the date, but it was early morning. I think we were getting ready to getting ready to go, out, headed out the door for school and and work. And I was like, no way i was shocked i was i was for a second i was totally shocked to read the tweet that he and his wife have COVID, and it's kind of like poetic justice you know how many people are getting booted off of twitter because they're wishing him dead (laughs) see that's (laughs) that's a little much i don't i don't think i'll ever wish another human being dead with the exception that they've threatened my life or or my family Mm. that'd be different and depending on the severity of it as well. But do I want it to be a lengthy recovery process for him? Definitely, I would say, because remember, this was a hoax. This was all mm. smoke and mirrors. Chinese virus. Nothing to worry about. Mister, I'm I'm never going to wear a mask in public unless I have to. Now Buddy's wearing a mask. And I, I don't want to get political. We always do this. I don't understand. The two things we should stay away from, which is religion and politics, we always find our way <laughs> into but fuck it, it's no stone unturned. It's our platform, Cynic. We're gonna do what the yeah. fuck we wanna do. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> do it. It would be crazy though if que Dios no lo quiere. If this shit took him out, kid, this shit will be bugged out. Imagine that'd be that would be pretty so pretty nuts, and it would be right on par for 2020. Just another craziness, and it's not just him. That's the other thing. Like after this, we can get to the regular flow of the show. I get it. Yeah, this is not freaking Sunday News Hour or whatever. But (laughs) there's a bunch of other like staff or whatever around him, some senators, I think, or whatever, that that also got sick. So now they're talking about how it might even affect the confirmation of this judge to the Supreme Court, whether it'll be on track or some things will be delayed. 
Yeah, I'm telling you, such an interesting year. <laughs> Some people think he's yeah, doing it I've on purpose. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. That he's faking it. But I don't. I don't <laughs> think they're gonna uproot him, take him fucking to this special military hospital that we have him in. I forget the name. Forgive Walter me. Reed. Walter Reed. There you go. I don't think they're gonna do all that just for fucking. Nah, publicity. I don't think he's faking it. You know, I don't think he's faking it. and I, I don't think he's the type of man that would. I think he's too prideful. He always wants to look strong. And uh, let's move on. Uh, we're losing listeners by the second. <laughs> let's see. Let's see what happens. Florida woman steals sex toy and what? uses it in store. <laughs> so this should be fun. <laughs> in Fort Pierce, Florida, a Florida woman stole a sex toy, then took off all her clothes and started using it while in the store, according to the Fort Pierce Police Department. Records show employees at the store, which were not identified in the arrest report, called police August 31st to report a 36-year-old Teresa Stanley had stolen a pink sex toy from a shelf, removed it from its packaging, took off her pants, and began using it. Police said by the time they arrived, Stanley was completely nude and had moved to the stock room to continue using the item. She stopped using the item and dropped it to the ground when an officer walked into the room according to the affidavit. Records show the value of the stolen item was $45.98. She was arrested on charges of indecent exposure and larceny. So our friend Teresa Stanley, Florida woman, 36 year old of Fort Pierce, Florida, you know what I'm saying? How we say in Spanish, sometimes that itch just takes over, baby. You dig? Now? Now? She should have conducted herself as a responsible adult and understood there's a time and a place. Maybe the sex store isn't that time or place, but she was, I don't she know was all about it. if these it. things make people look like they're high or on drugs or drunk, these, these mugshots. No, she has to be on meth. No, she no, looks she like she's on high on something. something. Or coming down. It has to be some some type of substance, whether it be opiates or, you know, meth or cocaine or... Because we don't do that. You know, let's be honest. It has to be some, mm. like, hard shit. They have to, bro. Like, in your right mind, with the exception that there's... You are really suffering maybe a chemical imbalance and it's more of a medical thing. But more than likely, bro, there's something driving them to that extent to, to think that it's a good idea to fornicate with a sex toy in front of everybody. Crazy. In the middle of a sex story. So Florida woman never disappoints. I know that one's a little raunchy. I had a couple <laughs> options, but I said, you know what? Sometimes we got to be real with the people and let them know the extent of Florida. Yeah, we, we covered this already. Florida woman is not all freaking it's not flowers and fairy pretty. tales. Very, very rarely. Sometimes it gets fucking real. $45, baby. That's what it cost. She couldn't wait to get home, bro. Come on, man. I, I've, seen, I've seen some, you know... Come on, I've seen what, what they get creative with cucumbers, you know what I'm saying? Cylinder-shaped objects, just trying to keep it, you know, trying to keep it vague. Pickles, even. Yeah. Toothbrushes. You couldn't fucking Pickles. go home and figure this it out. This is getting raunchier by the second, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pickles, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's Florida woman for us, bro. So why don't you save me? <laughs> save us. And talk to us about your fun fact that you have. So the fun episode. fact for uh, this episode, actually I actually have a question for you before I, it'll lead it, lead into the fun fact. Actually, I got something Yo. to tell you. My boy Ali, <laughs> he was like, yeah, that guy that you do the podcast with, man, he's pretty smart. And I'm like, I know, that's my fucking brother. He goes, that's your brother? I'm like, yeah, let me show you a picture. So I showed him the picture of the last time we went to Berlin and we were outside. We were barbecuing one of those days. And he's like, man, your brother sounds fat as fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, no, he doesn't. I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, bro, I thought your brother was super fat. I'm like, dude, he doesn't have a fat guy voice. He, he fucking like, uh, he's saying that he sounds like he has high cholesterol over here or something. So apparently some listeners, I can't say all, at least one of them, but Cynic is not fat. Oliver thought you were, though. I, 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 I can forgive him for that. My voice is all screwed so, up, so... I could understand if you might think I'm fat. Someone else might think I'm, I don't know. Your voice is fine. From Switzerland. I just <laughs> I just thought it was funny, period, that he thought you sounded like you had high cholesterol. <laughs> like, no, no, Jeez, no. I might now. now I'm, I'm all freaked out. I might have to get my cholesterol checked. <laughs> Doc, check me out. I got a fat voice. <laughs> so, fun fact. How much do you remember about Greek mythology? I love Greek mythology, man. Ares. 
Shoot. The Olympian okay. god of war. And he yep. was together with another Greek god that you may be familiar with, Aphrodite, Olympian oh, goddess girl. of love, beauty, mm -hmm. sexual pleasure, and fertility. They got together and had a lot of babies. And according to the mythology, one of those was a god named Phobos. Phobos was the god of fear in Greek mythology. The story goes that Phobos was a frightening and formidable god, so much so that warriors would paint his picture on their shields to give their enemies a real fright and to get them to run away in terror. So a phobic reaction resembles someone terrified of something. So, phobo is where we get the term phobia, which I thought was interesting considering what we were thinking about, talking about tonight. What do you know? What do you know? Damn, I, you know what? I, I, I do feel good about my knowledge in Greek mythology, but I must admit, I've never heard of Phobo Phobos. before. <laughs> Phobos. Phobos. I never heard of Fubu. <laughs> That's what I thought for you by us. I was like, what? Phobo? You're <laughs> like, Phobos. I guess I wonder why he didn't get... No, More actually, play. that's exact. That's a really good point. Like I was reading up on it, and he doesn't get much play in Greek mythology. He's just ha he he's doesn't. one of the offspring of those two, but he has no real standalone story other than when mm -hmm. they talk about uh, the uh, warriors or whatever painting his image on their shields. In any case, uh, that's where we get phobia from, and Lord knows there are a lot of phobias. Basically, you can just take a word and add phobia to it because there's a phobia for everything dude everything and i wonder how much of it is just how much of it has always been there and how much of it is like uh, us in our narcissism creating f phobias out of everything i mean mm. you for example some phobias you could say have been around since f forever right maybe arachnophobia the fear of spiders spiders but then you have some phobias that are like not like, there's a phobia that I came across that describes the fear of being without your cell phone. I mean, I don't know, that just annoys me, just the idea that there's a phobia for that, but okay. Without your cell phone phobia? <laughs> it seems like um, it's more of a mental thing, the whole phobia it thing. It is. You know, if we look at the definition, a phobia is a type of anxiety disorder defined by a persistent and excessive fear of an object or situation. Phobias typically result in a rapid onset of fear and are present for more than six months. I think they, it's completely mental, isn't it? It is. I, I mean, it's, it's all in your head. I mean, why you have it is different. Like, you know, it could be some incident, dramatic incident, or you could just be, you know, quote, born with it or whatever. But it's, it's an irrational fear, I think, isn't it? Or, or an irrational reaction, like an overreaction to some kind of fear. Yeah, it has to. Be, we have to say mental because obviously we know that somebody who may have a fear of, well, let's say even the fear of spiders, because technically the wrong spider bites you, you can't die. So, but let's say like a daddy long legs, one of those spiders that are in the tub. You know, those are harmless. Mm -hmm. Somebody who has arachnophobia will see daddy long legs and freak out. I think that's mm -hmm. that's an example of us knowing that it's a mental thing because a spider like that isn't a threat to a human because it doesn't have venom right so it can't threaten our health but somebody who's just scared of spiders in general will see a harmless spider like that yeah they'll lose their shit super freaked out by that mm -hmm. and in reality we know that 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 spider is harmless so when we ask is it a mental disorder it definitely is and it's not to make anybody feel bad because i know we all have you know the stuff that we're struggling with sure some of our listeners may have phobias right and i've said it i said it before i think the beautiful thing about us as human beings is that we're all different and we're not all the same but when we look down to it when we get down to the science of it it does seem like it's more of a mental thing i mean it is it is a mental thing it's a disorder we, we don't need to handle these people with kid gloves come on you know, is is am i am i being soft right now you're being soft right now like everybody has and, something and for any of our <laughs> listeners that um you know may have a little fear of spiders just let just know that we're with you okay it doesn't mean you're broken and you're gonna get a trophy too just for participating <laughs> look man everybody's got something we all got a shit man i found that fear of uh being without your cell phone and it's called nomophobia. I was close, no phone phobia. 
No phone phobia is a fear of being without your mobile phone. People with nomophobia experience excessive anxiety about not having their phone with them, their battery being low, or their being out of service. Their phone being out of service. Sorry. Hold on. 20 seconds, bro. 20 seconds. (laughs) Because we all know that there's not a person on this earth that, let's say, if you have to leave for work for the day and you leave your phone behind. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not feeling off when they don't have their phone at work that day. Or if they have enough time, they're coming back to retrieve it. Because our phone has our email. It has text. It has the way we communicate with others. For me, for example, when I was working in sales, a lot of my guests, you know, a lot of my my, my customers will call me directly on my cell phone. So now I can affect, you know, what I was making that day. I don't know if that's fair necessarily. Now, if it's a weekend, okay, if it's a Saturday... (laughs) Service out, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> if it's a fucking Saturday and you're going out with your family and you probably should have, you know, you're not expecting any calls. I, I don't think you should be freaking out. And I'm sure in, in an instance like that, those people are still freaking out. So maybe yeah. that's that's the difference. I think there's a difference, yeah. Because I, I felt mean, like I, I was like, do I have nomophobia? Because I know that there's certain times that I need my phone if it's work-related at least. Yeah, you might have a light, light nomophobia. Do you have a nomophobia too, bro? You never leave without your phone. Get the fuck out of here. I didn't say I didn't. I don't know why you get so defensive all of a sudden. I mean, it seems like maybe your situation is a little worse than you admitted. <laughs> Listen, I don't got a problem, man. I don't got a problem, Jack. No, I've had plenty of ca- of of, uh, of examples of cases where I, I leave the house and halfway to the bus stop and I realize I don't have my phone. And the initial feeling is a panic feeling. It's like, fuck, right? And then I'll go back if I can and get my phone. Because I, I'm like, I can't it's already it's, it's too late like i can't be <laughs> out of contact with uh, uh my family so i need the phone there in case i need to reach them or they need to reach me like we're this is in the 80s you know where everyone and, just did whatever and no one knew where they were and it's a different beast now because back then when we didn't have cell phones we had phone books in our pockets remember those <laughs> phone books that we used to have you remember, you remember the phone books, When you bro? said that, yeah, yeah. When you said that, we though, what I, thought was, what I thought was the yellow pages. The yellow pages? <laughs> we wore baggy pants and we had the yellow pages in the right pockets. <laughs> nah, dude, we had actual phone books because we didn't, or you remember the numbers. Yeah. Because you had to. So your memory was tested more. You were, and I remember back, I was like, um, yeah. man, I hope I'm not dating myself, but there was a time when there's no, there were no area codes. So it was 478 do, 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 do. Oh uh, yeah, and, that's true. Before you know, the 305 the, things, and then really the 305 and needed the 76 it. Came exactly because there was so much fuckers out here that we needed to do it. But you know, there was payphones back then, which again are, are becoming obsolete. So there was we didn't freak out like we do now because it's like, all right, we're cool. Like when I get to this place, I'll use the phone. Now it's like I don't have, I don't have, I don't remember anybody's number. I don't have anybody's number. There are no payphones. <laughs> Even yeah. if I get to a phone, I can't remember anybody's number because technology has made me so lazy that I can say, "Hey Siri." Call Cynic. And she'll be like, bing, bing, okay. And she'll do it for me. <laughs> I wonder how much mental like capacity we're losing. All the time, man. You know what I force myself to do? I f- when I'm typing a text, I force myself to type out the word. I don't... Mm. You know the spell check would eventually give you a preset word that it thinks that you're trying to spell. Mm-hmm. I force myself not to click that word. Because eventually we're gonna forget how to spell it, bro. I'm telling you, if you don't, if you don't practice it, if if you always result to using those presets, you're eventually gonna lose it because you're not using it, and we know the, the lingo. So, ladies and gentlemen, I recommend don't get too lazy on your technology because I do think that eventually it does affect uh, mental capacity. I'm really, uh, really guilty of that. So I know what you're talking about, the suggestions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually never use that. It's so funny because we all have our own little way that we use our phones, you know? Mm-hmm. And I I actually don't tip out the words at all. I have this um, swipe keyboard. I don't know if you've ever seen that. but I do. I do. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so I swipe everything, and I've been doing it for years. So... That's even lazier. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just like swiping close enough to the letters, and then it throws the word in there. I'm like, cool. And you know, fifty percent of the time, it throws in the wrong word. But um, that's a different discussion. Yeah. So I don't even type uh, anymore, like letter for letter, and then use the thingy there. I think we must be losing something. Hopefully, we're gaining something else. But I think we're definitely losing something. 
with the how lazy or or if you want to spin it the other way how convenient technology is becoming for uh for us a little too convenient man the american psychiatric association identifies three different categories of phobias social phobias social anxiety disorder a chronic mental health condition in which social interactions cause irrational anxiety for people with social anxiety disorder Everyday social interactions cause irrational anxiety, fear, self-consciousness, and embarrassment. So I want to talk a little bit about that, man. Yeah. We talked about it being more of a mental thing mm-hmm. than anything else. Do you think that, that those are things that are that are actually happening, or are we kind of creating those things? I guess what I'm trying to say is, did we have that phobia 20 years ago? Yeah. When social interaction was completely different, or is that something that's you know, came on on the latter part. That, that's, um, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And it's, I think it's, it's kind of how I was trying to connect it a few minutes ago as well. I think that some of the, I, I was also wondering if some of these phobias ever really existed before. Before, yeah. Or if now we are just so, I used, I used narcissistic if we've just in our modern times, you know, everyone wants attention. Everyone needs to have something that singles them out. And some phobias, I think, are legit. And maybe we're just not either not known before or were not recorded before, you know, like, you know, you might not think about or you might not consider that there's a fear of like, I don't know, speed for example mm-hmm. right and you could understand that somewhat because we only really started moving at fast speeds uh, you know fairly recently in in our history right before that the fastest you could go was on a horse right mm-hmm. so that's something that i could be like okay i can see that now because we got things that are moving so fast or whatever but when you have things like you know fear of uh, i don't know women beautiful women there's a fear for that there's a fear of adult women there's a fear of beautiful women hold there's up, a fear of up, adult if men you, if you're scared of beautiful women you just ain't with it baby you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know what i'm saying you ain't with it baby <laughs> fuck out here fear of cooking what is that does is there is there a fear of cooking though are people scared yeah yeah there's a well there's a name for it i don't know if it's real but there's a name for it I told you, you can add any word to phobia, and then all of a sudden there's a phobia for it. So I can't even pronounce this. Majirocophobia. Something like that. It's crazy. Anyway, to get back to your point, I think that some of them are a bit silly. Mm-hmm. And, I don't, I don't, I, and I don't think they're legit. I think it's like maybe you feel a little bit uncomfortable about something, or it, it grosses you out, or you know what I mean? That's not a phobia. And I think we call so many things phobias nowadays just to make it seem like we have some quirky thing about us. Well, you used to have aerophobia. I'm sorry? (laughs) (laughs) Come again? (laughs) You rang? You used to have aerophobia. Oh, you'd fear flying. Is that what it's called? It is. And you became... (laughs) You fucking... You're a fucking pilot, asshole. I conquered that that shit. shit. I conquered that shit. (laughs) You used to get airsick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to get sick. I used to hate flying. I really hated it. I was terrified. And then you took me on a fucking Cessna and cut off the engine and and dropped. (laughs) Remember that maneuver when you had to fucking get your license? And there's we're up in in this fucking Cessna, one like single engine plane. It's just me, you, and the instructor. All right, you guys are in the front. I'm in the back. <laughs> it's just us and God, baby. You know what I'm saying? And my crazy ass, because a big thing for me was always supporting you. So even though I was scared shitless, it was more important for me to be there for you. And I th- I was honored that you would ask me if I wanted to go, right? Little little brother syndrome. Even though at that time I was older, it wasn't. I wasn't like hanging on your leg like I was when I was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But still wanted to kind of just show you that I'm there for you and, I, and I'm proud of you. So I'm shitting in like in my pants. And uh, do you remember that maneuver where he he, he forced yeah, the stall stall. and then you have to yeah, crank yeah. it back? So guys, let me put you into this situation real quick. So we're in this Cessna plane. Cynic does let me know that we are going to do this maneuver. So he wasn't like <laughs> cruel about it. <laughs> Made me think we we're going to die. He's like, yo, get ready. And, the, you know, and <laughs> I mean, you can explain it better than me, man. Like 
what they cut off the engine and then it forces you to crank it back on yeah you basically you 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 pull the power back you pull back on the stick to keep the nose pointing up because when you pull the power back the nose wants to drop oh so you force the stall in that case you force it yeah you pull the power back to idle you lift up the nose to try and keep the configuration there and eventually just because of the fact that you're holding the nose and the power is not enough to keep the plane moving forward then once the the wings stall then the nose just drops you can't stop it it drops and that's when you get that feeling in your stomach guys no but when that happens (laughs) the engine shuts off so you have to understand that while you're in this little plane you have these like headphones on Right, that you can communicate with the people and you can listen, but it also helps the breaking out the loud, mm-hmm. you know, engine. Mm-hmm. So when they stall and they force a stall, it gets deathly quiet. <laughs> That's true. All of I a sudden, you don't hear a damn thing, and you know that it's just you and God. And thank God that <laughs> <laughs> that freaking engine turned back on, man. And weird, wasn't that such a great feeling though when the engine turned back on and then you realized you're back? <laughs> I just I asked myself, why would I? Like I'm, I was crazy, bro. Like why would, why would I do that? I freaking loved you, but shit. That's crazy, but a good, a good story to tell, nonetheless. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I, I did indeed have aerophobia. Aerophobia. At some point in my life. You know, there's a fear of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Yes. I your was, silence tells me that you. <laughs> I was never afraid of it, but I remember when my taste buds matured. I remember that. Are you going to tell me now that you had that? No, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the way it tasted. <laughs> so I used to ju- uh, do jelly sandwiches. But I remember the day that I told my mom, I looked her in her eyes and I said, Mom, I'm ready for peanut butter. And she's like, ¿Qué, muchacho? ¿Pero tú no te gusta eso? I'm like, Mom, put peanut butter in my shit. She goes, All right. And ever since then, I've been rocking. You know, I remember that now. I remember that. <laughs> You remember, remember that, that day? When you started eating peanut butter. Because I didn't like it at first. I just did jelly. Yeah. But that's a good example, right? Because that wasn't a phobia. But they right? might have diagnosed me with that shit. And what? But they would have popped me with nah. prescription pills, local. Look, and that's why look, it's a billion dollar industry. Nah, because look, if we were to place a jar of peanut butter next to you and you flip the fuck out, that is a phobia. But you just being like, I don't really like the way it tastes. That's not a phobia. <laughs> <laughs> They want to make us scared of everything nowadays, B. I think people want to be, they want to own something. They want to own some weird fears. Yeah. You know, there's, I came across some articles about, of course, celebrities. And they're, they're the perfect example of what we're talking about. Because they're going to have the, the most asinine fears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like one of them um, had a fear of belly buttons. I, I don't know who it is because, and I'm not gonna look it up because it's not important. Every but time I hear belly buns, I think about that fun fact about the forest and the rainforest. Yeah, and now I and I your think, belly. I think I wash my belly bun even more now because of that. <laughs> like it's not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> more soap, damn it! This article was talking about some some celebrity. Some some. It was a female. I don't know who it was. I don't remember the name. And according to her. Whenever she cleans her belly button in the shower, she has an orgasm. She free. <laughs> Sorry. She uh, she screams because she doesn't she doesn't like I don't know I don't know what the, she doesn't like how it feels or the idea of it whatever. But they, she quote had this phobia. I mean this is kind of bullshit. No, mm. I mean to me it is. I'm sure some psychiatrist could come along and say no that's a legitimate phobia, but. <laughs> I doubt it. I don't buy into that shit. I think that proves that it's it's a mental thing, and it just proves how strong the mind is. I was talking to my boy Monty the other day, and we had him. We didn't have him in studio. He was on season two. I think he was the first guest we had, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that with me and him just kind of shooting the shit, and we, you know, we talked about hypnosis with him before, you know, and and we kind of talked about that this weekend about the, the strength of hypnosis and the mind is is super powerful, and it's uh. It's your own worst enemy in some cases as well. You know, we're going to get into a little later, but sometimes it can be genetic. It can be passed on, which I think is bugged out for me as well. Genetics is such a crazy thing. Mm. You know, when you see a son sitting on his couch and he crosses the leg, his legs the same way his father does, <laughs> that's fucking... Genetic memory. That's bugged out to me, you know? So it so it can be genetics, but sometimes it is traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. The brain just can't 
can't shake that and, and it creates kind of th- this glitch, if you will. So we said that there was three different types of categories. We spoke on social phobias. The next one I want to touch on is agoraphobia. Mm-hmm. And this is the fear of places and situations that might cause panic, helplessness, or embarrassment. Agoraphobia is an anxiety disorder that often develops after one or more panic attacks. But yeah, th- this one uh, touches on places and situations that might cause panic, helplessness, or embarrassment. Uh, I'm a big, big Dave Matthews Band fan, and I have to thank you for DMB, DMB for opening my eyes. I remember when you first played it, I was like, man, that's some weird shit. And the day that I started liking it, man, it's so crazy how the memory and the mind works. You remember that computer that we bought when I, I was living in New York at the time? And it was mm. me, mom, and pops is when we left. Um, the time after we left Miami and we went back up there, we left the house. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, I went back up there twice. Once with mom, came back down, and then I went back up by myself. And I stayed with That I remember, dog. yeah. The first time, you, I think you were on, on leave, and you met us in New York, and you were staying with us, and we bought a computer. But they, they were very expensive and they weren't such a household thing like they are now. But that mm-hmm. was the forefront of them becoming desktops and household items. So long story short, we're setting up the computer and you have Dave Matthews Band playing. And I was so happy that we were setting up our computer that I started jamming to Dave Matthews. And ever since then, <laughs> ever since then, I love them. Oh, that's funny. So that's uh, what connected that was the, the positive beginning. experience. And me. I remember I didn't like him at first. But I bring that up because... I go to their concerts every year here in West Palm Beach. I find myself wanting my space. I love the lawn because I'm able to bring my blanket. I'm able to bring my uh, lawn chairs. I'm able to stand when I want. I'm able to lay down when I want. It's more like a picnic and I have Dave Matthews right there. But another mm-hmm. reason why I like the lawn is because I'm able to, you know, because it's an open environment, I'm able to have my space. I feel like I can't be, I can't get tickets in the front row. Because me mm-hmm. being surrounded by so much people would give me major anxiety. Oh yeah, major anxiety. It it wouldn't. I don't. I could be on the stage <laughs> performing because you know I do my thing. But for me to be around that many people, I can't. So that's why I prefer getting the lawn because since there's not actual seats, it's an open area. You can find your spots, you know, and you can you can make the most of it. When did you notice that, or did you always have that? I didn't. I remember my first couple of concerts, I didn't care. I was just more happy to be there. But I think as I got older, right around 25, 26, I started getting older. I started seeing things differently. I think it's that, you know, there's, um, you know, you never think about dying or you have a certain fearlessness of it. And then there's a point in time when you're like, oh, shit, like, I got to be more careful because life is precious. I don't know if you've ever had. Did you have that moment of clarity? Or was it just me? I think everybody has that because I think when we're young, none of us really think about that, right? Yeah, actually, I've had it. I have it every day in the last two weeks. <laughs> that life is precious, and you and you don't want to. Just, no, just random thoughts. Like I could be walking up the stairs, and I could be thinking, I could die right now. Shut I'd up, be man. alone. That's. No. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, it, it's a little different, but I guess. <laughs> I'm saying the moment that you realize that life was precious. Sorry. No, I'm saying it's the moment you realize life is precious. You're like, yeah, I'm like, shit, I could die right here in this third one. Nobody find me. (laughs) A little different, but. (laughs) And uh, yeah, let's let's not do that. Let's not die in random stairwells. We can reach the same conclusion. I mean, in the end, it's the you get an appreciation for it. It is. You're right. You're right. (laughs) I think once I had that, I started getting that appreciation and I started just thinking differently. Yeah, I go about life, and then you know, even the it changed the way I ate. You know, I think that was right around the time that I stopped having so so much soda, because before it was you know sugar factory, and (laughs) you Mm. just start making different choices, right? So I would say it was right around that time where I became, I think, more responsible. I became more of a bitch. With responsibility comes agoraphobia. Um, The third one I want to get into, man, and the final one that I want to get into, as far as the three major categories. Uh, would be the specific phobia and a specific phobia this gets real general is any kind of anxiety disorder that amounts to an unreasonable or irrational fear related to exposure or specific objects or situations as a result the affected person tends to avoid contact with the objects or situations and in severe cases any mention or depiction of them Mm -hmm. so this is pretty much what you were saying where we can put phobia behind anything (laughs) 
This is the general one. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's a crock of shit if you ask me. I mean, if, if we're being specific on the first two and the last one is like, and anything uh, that you're scared of is a phobia. <laughs> and everything else. <laughs> anything yeah. else that you're fucking worried about is a phobia. Yeah. So that that's that's the, the more general one, man. I don't know how you feel about that. I guess I find it. Yeah, I'm kind of um, swinging <laughs> back and forth with it because on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, I, I guess it's possible that, I mean, everything is different now. Technology and we've changed a ton and you know what I mean? And sure, there are going to be new things that come up, new fears that are that didn't exist before because some of these things didn't exist before, these situations. But I still kind of, I think we use the word a little too loosely still. You know, for me, someone who has agoraphobia in a serious way is someone whose like life is impacted by it. Like they can't leave their house. Which there are people you know, that are in that severe There are state, people. For and sure. for me, that's a proper phobia. Like maybe that's not good enough. Like maybe the, the, the doctors or whatever will, they have their own definition. Yeah. And just thinking about it more than twice a day already qualifies as having a phobia. I don't know. But for me, I wouldn't, I don't take that serious enough to count that or qualify that as a phobia. For me, it's like if it's really impacting your life, um, to me, that's that's different. But that's just a personal thing, right? At the end of the day, a phobia is, is a fear. That's what it is, a fear of whatever the particular thing is. So uh, you can't tell people what they are or not or are not afraid of. So. Especially in a culture that's so sensitive. When I when when I say that, maybe, maybe we've become more fearful. We definitely have. I think that's that's what it is. I think fear is something that when we talked about that change, where it's like, all right, you have more of an appreciation for life. I think that fear is what's <laughs> activate fear. Mm. And all of a sudden, you know, you just start making smarter decisions. You're not as everybody says it. Oh, in my twenties, I was a I was a bucking bronco. <laughs> mm. It's because you didn't have that. You didn't have that fucking filter. You know, you didn't have that that implant yet. It was like, I'm unstoppable. I'm going to live forever. Nothing's going to mm. nothing's gonna stop me. It brings me to ask you, though, because I'm a, I'm a... And I want to be careful how I say this, because I do understand that in cer- certain situations, medicine might be the best option. But I think this whole, like, ADD thing, attention deficit d- disorder, I think that's something that we've created, and we found a way to medicate kids that i really don't feel need to be medicated i think add is it harder for some kids to pay attention than others yes but we just have to figure out how to get to those kids and in my experience in education giving those type of individuals structure and some type of routine is what they gravitate towards more once they have structure and routine they're able to focus more Mm mm-hmm I, I don't I don't really think the ADD thing is a real thing, man. I think this is a money grab by the pharmaceutical companies. And the worst thing about it is that these medications, it's being given to kids. So how is that changing their brain function? How is it changing the way they think? How they how is it changing the way they interact with diff- different things? Is it is it instilling unnecessary mm. obstacles or emotions or fears in their in their mind? Uh, because ADD. What did they do 60 years ago, bro? There was no medication for ADD. You know, you figured it the fuck out. Maybe, I mean, <laughs> to the extent that they were doing it where they were still fucking spanking kids in school. I'm not condoning <laughs> that. You know, I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying that's the way you keep them in line. You fucking paddle them. But we figured it out. I think we're just, we're too quick to throw kids some pills and say, oh, he can't focus. Have him take two of these and he should be better. Especially when, with, when it comes to medication in children. Yeah, so there have always been kids that are more difficult than others. That That's just, it's natural, right? And maybe there's more of an instance nowadays just because part of this whole how our how our culture is and now and how all, we've all become so sensitive and so whatever that you may have more parents nowadays who are having difficult kids and they don't know how to just handle them. And, and I think it might be, there might be some cases like what you just explained where they are um, running to the doctor saying that the, their kids are whatever. And just because they don't know how to deal with the kid or they don't know what the kid needs. 
And as you said, I mean, the pharm- pharmaceutical industry is never going to shy away from an opportunity to sell you a drug. I think there's definitely some of that. At least I feel like there's some of that. But I mean, I did find that there was the first mention of ADD or let's say ADHD. Mm-hmm. I found the first mention was as far back as 1902. The fuck out of here. Yeah, by some uh, British doctor called George Still. Mm. And, of course, they didn't call it that back then, but um, he described it as an abnormal defect of moral control in children. So, a difficult child who can't seem to control his or herself or whatever, and it was affecting their behavior. But at the same time, the they, they saw that the kids were smart. It wasn't like they had, like they were... You can't use the word, it's not politically correct anymore. But when we were growing up, retarded was just a legitimate word. It was a, I don't know why you're laughing. It was a legitimate word. <laughs> because you say we can't say it, but then you say it. <laughs> well. He's like, well, we can't use this word anymore, but hey. <laughs> okay. We're, we're not supposed to use it anymore. <laughs> and and to clarify, I'm not, I'm, I'm not laughing at the word, I'm not laughing at the people that, that may be. I'm like, you know what? It's a fucking mimosas, man. You see how you have to, you see how you are, you already have to defend yourself. You already have to explain. It wasn't that these kids had some intelligence issue. It was just a purely behavioral issue. And shortly thereafter, in 1936, there was some drug called Benzedrine that was um, being used for I don't know what, but they realized that a side effect of that drug was that it helped improve some of these kids' behavior. And that's when that's 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 like how it started, where they realized some drugs could have an impact on some kids behavior. And then it just spiraled from there. Yeah. Mm. Until we get to today where kids pop and riddle in like they're freaking Pez candies. Man, that's another thing, man. The cigarette companies made those um, gum that gum, the gum cigarettes. Mm -hmm. That's the The worst thing. Gum. No, 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 no. That it's Not actually nicotine? candy, but oh. it's shaped as a cigarette. So it's a gum oh, stick. You remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> fucked up. And those yeah. Peds thing, remember those little, the, those little, um, they come in a row, bro. Those are the best candies. That they look like little fucking Xanax bars that they come in all different colors. They're maybe like this big. Mm-hmm. I forget what they're called, but they're kind of like, they're not sweet tarts. Man. Yeah, but I it's it's okay. I know. No, more or no, less no. What I gotta mean. find it now, man. <laughs> this is your OZD kicking in now. I gotta find it, bro. These I put pill candies and it came right up. Smarties. <laughs> how fucked up this shit is. Smarties, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you see. Yeah, Smarties. There, are, that's all pre. That's that's the implant. That's the seed, man. Getting kids to feel normal, taking a pill-shaped candy. Same like the 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 cigarette gum thing. That's Having pretty conspiratorial. Conspiratorial, no, that, bro. No, it's 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 proven though. We know oh, really? that big. We know that big tobacco did that on purpose to hook. Oh, so kids. the gum the gum thing that's clear. That that yeah. The pill no... thing is my is my theory. The gum thing, the cigarette okay. gum thing, for sure, it's proven. Yeah. The pill thing, I'm just saying that's not too far because look where we are with opiates, and we're way too quick to give kids. Let's yo again holistic man. I'm I'm that fucking kumbaya guy. Let's find a way to either <laughs> find a maybe a tea that we can give them, <laughs> an herbal tea, or just find a different way of communicating with them. I think us running to those things, man, it's way dangerous, and I think it's it's kind of the recipe for why opiates are as big as it is. Um, on top of bad parenting, you you mix you mix those things in together and. And it's a shit show, man. I want to talk about briefly um, why people have phobias. And um, it states many phobias develop as a result of having a negative experience or panic attack related to a specific object or situation, genetics and environment. Mm -hmm. There may be a link between your own specific phobia and the phobia or anxiety of your parents. This could be due to genetics or learned behavior. So that is insane because we we touched on genetics, how strong genetics is earlier mm-hmm. how bugged out that is and to believe that that fear that glitch whatever you want to call it could be passed down to your offspring yeah it's powerful man it is it's like it's, an indentation uh, that you know that's created it's an indentation it's a mark it's like when you uh-huh. hit a drumstick on the side of a table and it leaves a mark 
And now when you have your offspring, your offspring has that same fucking mark where you had it, you know? Yeah. It's fucking insane, man. It is. It's pretty freaky to think about how some experience that a person has can be so impactful mm-hmm. that it makes a mark on them to the point that they pass it down in a in their genetics. In their genetics. It's crazy. That is crazy. That's how powerful the mind is. Memories can be passed down to later generations through genetic switches that allow offspring to inherit the experience of their ancestors, according to new research that may explain how phobias can develop. You mentioned something earlier when you were talking about your, your boy, I think, when you were talking about past lives, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And that, that's another way that uh, some people try to explain it as well. Like the whole... We spoke about that on the Many Lives, Many Lives, uh, Many yeah. Lives, Many masters episode you're absolutely right yeah exactly people who had some traumatic experience uh maybe were even killed right let's say for example someone was shot uh in i don't know in the back i don't know and then in this life someone has i mean in some cases they have a birthmark and then they try to tie that into it but let's not go down that road but they have some theory Hmm. Yeah, and some people have yeah. these these fears that they don't know where they come from. Mm-hmm. Like it's clear if you've had some like traumatic experience or whatever. Some people seem to have them out of the blue. There's no explanation, and they some some people try to explain it as, oh, in a past life, um, I was drowned or I was whatever. Listen, so to I have me, a fear man. of water. Remember when she got hypnotized? And again, we're referring to to the listeners. We're referring to the Many Lies, Many La- Masters book, which if you haven't read, guys, at least do the the ebook. Or the is that what it's called when you when you can you hear it the audio version do the audio version um, audio book the audio book yeah I say e version let's <laughs> <laughs> do the e version sonny <laughs> the fucking the book is amazing and in that book remember once she got hypnotized those phobias that were preset into her mind when she had for example fear of swimming or fear of water and we found out in her past life like you know like we just mentioned that that she drowned. We know that genetically it's proven that those things can be passed down. So if let's just tinkle with the idea that reincarnation is real, then Mm -hmm. for sure, 1,000%, there's a connection there. I'm not going to say that every phobia is a connection to to a past life. I'm not going to go to that extent. But I can definitely say that some phobias may be tied to something deeper than uh, we may be aware of. Yeah, that would be... So for me, there's, there's... Two potential directions you can go there. One would be the genetic one, but then that would mean you would have to have some some actual genetic connection to this person who had that, who suffered that fate yeah, in some in some past life that you don't know, that's irrational, that you don't know where it comes from, from some ancestor. Then you could maybe say that could be some genetic thing, mm-hmm. but then you have the the possibility that it is something that and i don't even know how to describe it but you remember last week uh, we had that quote from that um man fucking home run dude cg young yeah, home run with that carl one. jung yeah it's my, my boy cg young carl jung he also introduced the the idea of uh collective unconscious mm. so there are certain things that we just as a human species just let's use the word we just know or we just feel, or we we share. We don't know why we know it, but we have this thing in common. An example could be, you know, in in his writings, he's talking about some particular kinds of dreams that people have, where they're dreaming about certain kinds of archetypes, things that they've never experienced. But these dreams, people have them, and even though they have no connection to each other, even though they might live, they might be hundreds of years between them. It's something that seems to be part of the human psyche and as a part of the human psyche it's a part of some what he calls a collective unconscious we all share it like a cloud yeah like a cloud yeah and it could be that some of these things could also how is that explainable man are people having the same dreams with different people yeah that's one way that 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 he explained it he believed that there is something that we are tapped into that we that 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 main that holds memories of all the lives that have ever happened. Now it's not like a Rolodex where you're gonna pull up and remember what Julius Caesar did on some day, but certain things are powerful enough that they come through, and that's 
maybe some phobias maybe some phobias could be that I, I don't know but it's an interesting theory for me <laughs> to me that's crazy you remember i told you i have this reoccurring memory of me in this like like i feel like i was in space in this dark room mm-hmm. and i was like in line waiting for to hear the type of life i was gonna have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. crazy man i don't know and i put that out there so if everybody else has had that dream and i'm tapping into some cloud let's get together and let's let's share some memories because i can't shake that one yeah i know we're up against the cynic but i want to get one more slide in here um our phobia is inherited or learned the study of twins and fear fear is something long thought to be a learned response fear me may be a partly inherited trait one programmed into our genetic makeup according to a study of twins i have some two quick things that i wanted to share they're kind of interesting both um so i was when i was looking up phobias and came across some of these uh, celebrities which I was not interested in. But of course, I was more interested in historical people who had phobias, people that we didn't think about or we didn't see as being maybe afraid of anything, mm-hmm. you know? And I came across two that were interesting. One of them was Adolf Hitler. He apparently had a phobia of... Of anybody who wasn't <laughs> white and black hair blue eyes. <laughs> no, he had a phobia. Right, so he had dentophobia. Can you Whoa. guess what that is? Uh, scared fear of teeth. He was afraid of the dentist. Like he had a phobia of the de- of of dentistry of anything being done to his teeth. To his yeah. Sure. So apparently, some doctor named Hugo Blaschko, he was uh, some kind of surgeon for the for the SS. He worked on Hitler's or as Hitler's dentist for twenty years, and he took notes. Yeah, and there was uh, some dude who like managed to get a hold of these notes before they were lost to history. And in reading some of these notes, uh, Hitler often complained of uh, pain in his, in his mouth, in his teeth. And he had, quote, terrible bad breath, <laughs> yellowing teeth, abscesses, and gum disease. He had gingivitis, man. He had, he once insisted, Hitler, this is Hitler, he once insisted that a, ri- a root canal, a simple root canal, be spread over eight days because he wasn't able to handle the pain. I mean, let's be fair. Back- you telling me Hitler was a bitch? <laughs> I guess back then, I don't know. <laughs> he killed so many people, he was scared of a fucking root canal, son? Yeah, he had something with his teeth, dude. He, he was a... Uh- man, I'm telling you, man. Bullies are bitches. <laughs> I'm telling and you, now bro. I have another one. Talk the to last me, one. Cynic. Talk to me, and bro. The opposite of a bully, or at least history depicts him that way. I, I don't really know one way or the other. You know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. FDR. FDR. He had a personal fear of fire. Mm. His fear um, was likely stemming from his childhood, uh, where he had a few or several uh, apparently bad experiences, including seeing his aunt run down the stairs with her nightgown on fire because she spilled some kind of oil lamp or something. Things were dangerous, man. I would be scared too, man, if things were fucking walking bombs yeah exactly and he saw her running down with her freaking nightgown on fire i guess that was traumatic enough that it made an impression on him <laughs> but then you know he that would happen to anybody man. he eventually contracted uh, was it polio he was in a wheelchair at some point he 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 got sick and he lost use of his legs he was in a wheelchair i think it was polio and when he became immobilized his fear only increased he had the fear that he would be trapped in a burning building and not be able to escape because, you know, he was in a wheelchair. He, was, mm. he couldn't use his legs. Mm-hmm. It even went so far that he would not lock the door to the presidential bedroom at night in case there was a fire. He didn't want to be trapped in there. And he made the Secret Service patrol the hallway at night to make sure that there were no fires. <laughs> I thought those were two interesting phobias from... Let me tell you something. If you ask me, it was either that experience or my boy FDR died in a fire in his past life. Maybe. And you couple that with having... Did you say that was a dream or that really happened? That is No, he, that, that was one. He, he had a few. That was just one that I read. He had yeah, a few real the life. Night, the nightgown on fire. Yeah, really real happen? life. His aunt was running. Yeah, it was, that was it real happened. life. That wasn't a dream. Yeah, and he had a few other experiences real life. But you see, come on, like, I would be scared of fire, too, if those things happened to me. 
Yeah, that's one example of what you were saying. Some of them are caused by traumatic experiences. Traumatic experiences. Yeah. We're all phobic, I guess. We're all scared of something. We're all scared of something, man. What is it called if you're scared of yourself? Is that a thing? Self-phobia, duh. (laughs) (laughs) It falls into the third category. (laughs) The gray area. (laughs) Of maybe a fear of looking at yourself. I don't know. Let me let me have a quick look. Yeah, check that out. I'm sure there is. I know there's, you know, (laughs) there's real life Clayton Bigsby's out there. You know who Clayton Bigsby is? No, I do not. He's a character that Dave Chappelle played on his uh, skit show. Oh, the blind dude. The blind dude that was a KKK leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't know he was black, (laughs) but hated (laughs) black people. Yeah. There's people that are aren't blind, and are black and hate black people, or are white and hate white people. I know that's a thing. But it's. But that's but the well, general okay. race. That's not hating themselves. You know, I'm just saying. Okay, okay. But if you're black and you hate black people, or if you're white and you hate white people, that's. And to be honest, I've only heard black people hating black people. I'm assuming that there's white people that hate white people because it seems like a disorder. But I've only heard stories of black people hating black people, and they're black. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I wonder if that's a phobia, or yeah, that was fucking that's... hate. <laughs> that's a little different. What you find there? Did you were you able to find? I was looking, but I, I can't uh, seem to find fear of of, uh, of oneself. Of oneself. <laughs> what about a that fear? would be a that would be a mind fuck. <laughs> what about fear of your mind? Can you be afraid of your mind? Look that up. Mm. Fear of the conscience, consciousness. No, so far, no hits. No hits. Okay. Hit him with the quote. I think that about wraps it up. I think it's... Oh, wait. Psychophobia. Fear of the mind. <laughs> I knew it. Mind's a dark place, that man. shit is made up, dog. Come on. <laughs> I'm telling you, they could be scared so of stupid. anything. So stupid. YouTube phobia. I'm afraid of YouTube. <laughs> scared of the dark. There You're is. telling me every little kid... You think every... So every little kid has a phobia, then. So everybody has phobia. I mean, there's some weird little kids that probably weren't. But I think there was all... <laughs> you know, little dark kids. But I think you know, <laughs> take a take a guess what it's called. Fear of darkness. Mm. No, you're never gonna get it, so you don't. Have yeah, <laughs> it's, right. it's a ridiculous. Thanks word. for sparing me. <laughs> a clue of a clue a clueophobia, or a clueophobia. Yeah. You see what I mean? Every little kid had a clueophobia at one point in time. So that's is that proof that we can shake them? Is that proof? Yeah, is of is is us overcoming the fear of the, of the dark and the boogeyman and the man under the bed? Is is us overcoming that proof that we can overcome these other things? Yeah, come on, son. We're you opening it up. Any fear? Open it up. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Things that make you go, hmm. Don't fear the end of the podcast, people, but we've come to the end. <laughs> I'm going to hit him with the quote skis. You ready for this? Do that. Yeah. All right, here we go. Anything you fear is a shackle to your soul. It is a phobia that tethers and blinds your ability to see and comprehend your life directions, making you feel discouraged and hopeless in times of danger. Michael Basie Johnson. Boom. So appropriate. That's what I got for you guys, man. That was good. Chew on that shit. Fear. Fear, fear, fear. It's all about fear. Anything you fear is a shackle to your soul. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this, understand that this is a sign from the universe. You are not listening to this by mistake. Do not listen to fear. Do not let fear run your life. Fear is a lie. Go after it. It's not too late. Do it change your life make decisions make choices take those trips take those chances do it fear is a fucking lie now i say that all in context right so if you have a family of four i'm not telling you to go bet the house all right everything in context ladies and gentlemen but you told me not to have fear frank now i'm homeless that's not what i'm fucking talking about but i'm talking about the, the everyday shit that paralyzes us and you know what i mean because you feel that conviction in your fucking soul right now when I'm talking to you. So I'm going to stop being so angry right now and I'm gonna back up a bit. <laughs> but I mean that I mean that from the heart, guys. Don't don't let it don't let it win, man. 
Why are you so angry? And on that note, that's a rapperoni. Rapperoni, thanks for hanging tight, guys. No stone unturned, baby. We appreciate you. As always, take care of yourselves and each other. I missed that last time. Gotta bring that back. And chitty chitty bang bang. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, y'all. We'll catch you next week. Same time, same place, same channel. Catch you on the other side. Peace. Juice. (laughs) Catch you, go catch you. (laughs) Catch you, go catch you, go get you, go get you. Good stuff, bro.